I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're creating nerdy tunes, we've got you covered. Nerdy FM is the Nerdy Show Network's nerd music podcast hosted by me, Mark with a C. We feature the best in geek rock, nerdcore, comedy, VGM, and every genre in between. The biggest artists alongside awesome up-and-comers with rare tracks, exclusive live recordings, and a massive archive to keep you rocking the nerd world over. Tune in exclusively through the Nerdy Show Network. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap, and I'm all alone. In this episode of Nerdy Show, we're reviewing Justice League, and unfortunately, due to a number of unforeseen circumstances, I saw it all by my lonesome, at least in terms of having other Nerdy Show personnel with me in the screening. So I will be bouncing my opinions off of approximately no one. No one whatsoever, just you, who can't respond to me, although you could respond to me in comments on Discord or the Nerdy Show forums, and you're more than welcome to. Please do. Here's how this is going to go down. I have just seen the film. I'm going to give my impressions off the top of my head, and it will be spoiler-free. There will most likely be a part that is not spoiler-free, and I will make sure that that is clearly denoted so you can see it safely. And if you want opinions on whether this is a smoldering disaster or something worth your time and your hard-earned money, well, stick around. That's exactly what we're going to do. In fact, I don't know that there will be too many spoilers. I don't know that speaking to the nature of the plot is really paramount when it comes to reviewing this film. But we'll we'll see what happens, because I'm going to be 100% just doing this off-the-cuff Uh, and saying what comes to mind. So, here's the deal. Let me give an overview first. (laughs) The DC films, as it is no surprise to you, I'm sure, have genuinely, for the most part, kind of sucked. Um, We've been kind of doing standalone reviews of these films for a while here on Nerdy Show. And the last time I was on one of them, it was batman versus superman which was such a smoldering disaster in every respect and i know some people are like well no the expanded version like it really cleans things up it really makes this into a into a real film a real movie and i just don't see how that's possible and i'm never going to gamble my time on that ever again especially not a longer version of that shit fest fuck that movie and uh fuck man of steel and suicide squad the director's cut it was actually actually pretty okay i never saw the theatrical version but the director's cut was pretty good And I missed out on Wonder Woman, unfortunately. I actually did really want to see it, but um, I was traveling at the time, and if I remember correctly, I think someone else from Nerdy Show did, in fact, watch it, interview it on 
the show at some point uh, this past summer. But let's talk about Justice League because Warner Brothers has been trying to force this movie into existence for a long time. And that's a bad thing, you know, forcing something into existence when it involves this many characters and it needs to be natural and so on and so forth. We often, you know, reference, and how could we not, how the Avengers existed as a film only because the other films, you know, were there. And it leaned so heavily on those other films that came before it that it's almost impossible to view as a standalone movie. And Age of Ultron, which was terrible, um, was downright 100% impossible well justice league kind of does the unimaginable in that regard and that is that it is a solid movie that requires you to not have i mean you don't have to have seen any of the dc movies i mean none of them not a single one now you could benefit somewhat from some additional you know what i take that back so here's the thing it's tethered most to man of steel not surprisingly because and I'm just going to say this because since the film's, you know, years old at this point, you know, because Superman dies at the end of that movie, and that's a huge crux of this Justice League film. Superman is gone. Batman needs to assemble the Justice League to deal with a problem that, you know, maybe Superman could handle alone, maybe, but he's not there now, so let's try and solve it together and take Luther's dossier of other meta-powered individuals and band them together as a team. Great. Well... There's some context things like, oh, you know, uh, Luther's quote-unquote monster, they never say Doomsday, you know, killed Superman, and um, there's an alien ship hanging out near where the battle took place, shit like that, but you can get everything you need from context clues. You don't have to have seen that train wreck of a movie, you can just watch Justice League, and it's really good. I mean, it's not a landmark piece of cinema by any means but now that the superhero genre has been firmly established in the cinematic landscape and we can sort of know the language of that it provides the viewer with more context than they than they generally get a lot of the time and introduces a bunch of characters with i mean very little uh that leaves you wanting they're all there fully realized on the screen interacting in a way that is uh exactly enough and satisfying and the thing that i can compare it to most which is i think a very a very good thing is a dc animated feature you know like the direct to video things that they release all the time like under the red hood um or the adaptation of new frontier dc makes a lot of really decent decent to exceptional animated films for the direct market and this movie is on that level, which is incredible because for all rights, it should have been a disaster, and it's not. It's an enjoyable film where you can see some of the great icons of the comic book world brought to life on screen in a very big way. It's just like one of those things. I mean, it, it like it can... It doesn't... <laughs> it doesn't over-explain anything. You have all kinds of touchstones of the DC universe... I'll just say this, there's even a Green Lantern in it, and it's a it's a flashback, I couldn't identify which Lantern it was, if it, in fact it was anything, it's like, sort of like a historical flashback of like ancient times, there's a Green Lantern in this movie, it's just there, uh, there's other ca- supporting characters in the DC universe, they're just there, 
Commissioner Gordon, uh, you know, he's he's in this movie as a as a side character. It just bleeds together. It's like, hey, you've been watching Batman the Animated Series your entire life. You've been watching maybe Justice League Unlimited. Uh, this movie will give you all the structure you need to to know these characters if it's your first rodeo with this. But really, it's already you're it you're already speaking the language. It's so archetypal of so many things. And yet, you know, at the same time, doing doing stuff differently and differently for the better in many cases, that it's like the best possible outcome. The only thing it lacks is being a you know a stylized motion picture with like a real definitive directorial touch that feels you know unique. Um, you know, when you when you read a Grant Morrison comic. You know it's a Grant Morrison comic, or Alan Moore, or even Gail, you know, Gail Simone, um, Gray and Palmiotti, or Palmiotti and Connor, voices in comic books who have a definitive vocal tone. And in this film, which is, um, Zack Snyder gets the full directorial credit, though, uh, Joss Whedon had to at least 33% involvement, according to the Writers Guild of America, with, with this movie, and he does have a, a script a screenwriting uh, credit um, due to well, I guess if you're not familiar with this what happened uh, Zack Snyder uh, one I believe you know during the tumultuous development of this project um, went to reshoots to to lighten the movie then he had a, a, a personal family crisis and then DC paid I have no idea how much money but it must have been a lot to pull in Joss Whedon, you know, uh, the director of Avengers, in addition to everything else he's known for, but in this case, most relevantly, the director of Avengers, to um, sweeten and fix this film and probably bring some of his trademark charm in it. Now, you, you don't see you don't see Joss Whedon in this movie, and you don't see Zack Snyder in this movie. Neither of them are here. It's uh, it's a hybrid film, and that's fine. Um, I mean, you can you you can pull apart things like, oh yes, here this this piece of dialogue is totally Whedon, and this sort of the way that. The way that Superman is never really, um, or very seldom, still uh, <laughs> a particularly human character, uh, you know, hey, that that's Zack Snyder and his what I've taken to be him despising Superman, um, but it's it's you know the superhero film industry it is hard for anything involving this many properties to be. A film film. It's not going to be Blade Runner. It can't be Blade Runner. It's virtually impossible for something coming out of the big two that costs this much money and needs by necessity for the theater uh, or, or the, well, for Hollywood, for the, the production company to survive for it to make a, a boatload of money. They're always going to be, I, I hate that I've accepted this, but, you know, they're always going to be Frankenstein films and the good news is this one doesn't feel like it and it totally is one but like it it just it exists it's natural it feels like it feels like a natural justice league movie this could if this came out as a direct to video animated film you'd say damn this is really good everybody should check it out and the fact that we have that as a I mean, at least in part live action thing that's great now me saying in part live action <laughs> You know the the, uh, the state of modern blockbuster filmmaking today. I have no idea how much is real and, and isn't, but there's there's a lot of this movie that is very obviously. I mean, there's so much shot on green screens. There's so much where the lighting just isn't like as 
solid as I would like in the Disney, Marvel, Star Wars trifecta. They tend to do all that stuff better. Case in point, Steppenwolf, the major villain of this film. I'll get into the plot in a little bit, like in you know, in a way that's not going to spoil anything. Um, he looks like hot garbage. He's he's certainly the creation of some motion capture, um, but but his facial animations are repugnant. If I could, <laughs> I could only allow for this if they're like, oh yeah, no, Steppenwolf was a stop motion creation, and like so that's why he he kind of has this weird frame rate to his face. This is below the expectations of modern filmmaking, especially for something at this scale. It's just, it's ridiculous, and he looks like a hot pile of CG garbage. That said, um, for a character whose primary focus is the general, you know, concept of an adversary and something to cement some fun fight sequences, which has gone, you know, that format has gone very poorly for Marvel in the past as the learning curve of, you know, the big bad and the CGI battle and, and all that. He's, he's fine. He's fine in that respect. You know, he does what he needs to do. And ultimately, what's most interesting about the film are the the hero characters and Steppenwolf acting as this, like, uh, boss crux for them to, you know, to, to work against. It's fine. You know, he doesn't... It would be cool if they could work in a dynamic villain, but you know what? Uh, I That was not the point of this film. The point of this film was to get these heroes together and to make it work on the big screen, and they achieved that 100%, so that's fine. I can w- hand wave this without any guilt. Uh can't so much gu- uh, <laughs> hand wave why, why he looked like rubbish, but um, here's the plot. So Superman's dead, and the world sucks. There's um, a fun little opening sequence that sort of shows the, the gloom of the world and it actually actually has a, a timely allegory for the state of the world right now and uh it might actually be a reasonable um emotional hallmark for anyone seeing this especially a younger viewer who's confused about the state of the world right now and and what to do about it and inspire friendship and camaraderie and um ingenuity it you know th- this this movie it really is all the right things. You know, the Avengers was was fun. The Avengers was was comic book sensationalism to the point that you know you needed to read the other pieces to be able to enjoy the the main event book effectively to to mix my uh you know comics and and cinema not metaphors but you know you know what I'm saying. Um this is straight up. It's just it is it is straight up a piece of comic book narrative but it's totally self-contained and and charming it doesn't do anything big or bold but if you have any kind of affinity for seeing classic archetypal heroes like this doing these things um man it it, it is it is justice league unlimited you know it it, it, it does what that show does it doesn't necessarily give you a really thought-provoking plot where you're going to think about it for years to come. You know, Paul Tini didn't write this. But, um, and neither did Joss Whedon in any way that's, like, you know, truly meaningful. Uh, but I'm certain he improved it because I still stand... Uh, I haven't seen all of his work, but for my money, the best film Zack Snyder ever did was Legends of the Guardians, the uh, animated movie about cool owls. And it's great, and you should absolutely see it, but I think the fact that it was an animated film and had other creatives involved in it 
are what sort of saved it from being um, the summer bummer <laughs> that most of his movies are. Um, or, you know, maybe he was suffering from the same edicts of Make It Grim Dark that everyone else in the DC cadre were dealing with at the time of Man of Steel. I don't know. But I know things are better now. And uh, and he has the power to do some great things. And I don't know how much really, you know, really was him at the end of the day. But this was a Justice League film. And I can't imagine... In, in the world we live in today, with Hollywood being so convoluted, I genuinely cannot imagine a better Justice League film being made. That's some, that's some exceptions I have to grant, because, you know, there's some, there's some perfect shit happening in my head. But hey, I, I, really, I really can't argue with this. If you wanted to see a, ju a good Justice League movie, go see this film. And if you've never seen Man of Steel, please don't see it. Please never see it. Just watch this movie, and whatever you imagine will be so much better than the reality of all that. Lord. So... Mother boxes, right? Jack Kirby stuff, the fourth world, dark side, apocalypse, the new gods. You don't need to know much about any of that. It'll present it to you in some simple strokes that will hopefully bleed into uh, something more larger, larger and complicated in the future and, and done in a way that maybe stays as self-contained and fun as this is without getting overbearing like sometimes Marvel. I feel like that's Marvel's world. Um, and I'm not saying that Marvel films are always overbearing they, just, they they can be and they've gotten even better lately i mean the spider-man homecoming was incredible so i don't i think that as a superhero the superhero genre seems somewhat incapable of imploding uh for they they actually are you know rising to meet the challenge of uh, mediocre reception and um and making better products and they always you know they'll always Toe the line, they won't take too many risks, but their risks have been oftentimes rewarded. So, eh, you know. Anyway, I'm I'm off off the rails here already. Um, essentially, and this is this is if you're not familiar with DC Comics continuity, this is not comic accurate, but this is a lot of names and concepts with sort of different slants to them to make this a little bit more streamlined, I suppose, make it more MacGuffin-y, more plot e, not not weird. The weirdness of Jack Kirby. Um, so we got the world has three mother boxes and these mother boxes were uh, uh, when combined will terraform a world into um, a hellscape and they don't outright say it but a hellscape you know for the glory of dark side essentially the space devil <laughs> um, and the guy who's going to do all this is this dude named Steppenwolf who's a story tall warrior fella and with him is an army of parademons. And the parademons actually look great and are great as just like, you know, random nemeses. They're uh, cooler looking than they often are in the comics. And the comics can get kind of boring. Oh, it's a big swarm of parademons. What's their, what are they going to do? This is so boring. Uh, in, no, in the film, they actually handle them really well. They swarm like a combination of birds and insects. It's quite fascinating. There's some good imagery there. Um, and so long ago, there was a big war and everyone on the earth fought to save the world from Steppenwolf. I don't know why this wasn't recorded. In when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In the annals of history, but it, it, that's the case. Amazons fought alongside Atlanteans, fought alongside the tribes of man, fought alongside gods, fought alongside an ancient Green Lantern. Cool shit. And you do see this, and it is rad. I mean, you see, you see a Green Lantern and the god Zeus throwing down against Steppenwolf uh, <laughs> that's a magic moment in this film. And I, I feel like this is a gateway to even more moments like that in future movies to come. And, uh, so he gets pushed back. It's the only defeat he's ever known. The boxes get locked away. And, uh, now Batman and, uh, other folks have been sort of seeing things creeping in. And the loss of hope has been all Steppenwolf needed to feel like he has a foothold to return and take back what was taken from him, get his glory, get the three boxes, and wage war. So Batman sees this coming, and using some files compiled by Luther, tries to get the band together. Aquaman is a cool Murbro. He's like, he's a pretty broy dude, but it's in a really endearing way. He's just like, he's a, he's a tough ocean man. And he doesn't take shit from anybody. And he likes to have a good time and drink. It's sort of like, you know, Aquaman is a character who has been shat on a lot in pop culture. And it sucks because he can be really rad. This is maybe like, you know, I, I think Aquaman is being done very well these days in comic books. Um, he doesn't need to be a comic relief character. And this character isn't fully comic relief. But, you know, all these characters are very simplified. For the general audience that we're not, you know, especially because they need to do all this character development in one film. Um, and he's fun. He's a lot of fun. I while I would. Maybe if I was doing it, I would have made him a little less broy, but he's still a lot of fun. And I really did genuinely like him. He's well acted. He looks awesome. And he overcomes all the stigmas about Aquaman. I think people are going to come away thinking I want more Aquaman. I want an Aquaman film. And certainly they seeded enough of hints about stuff about Atlantis that you'd be like, yeah, I would love to see that movie. In fact, some of the parts that are like, man, why haven't I seen that movie yet are really come from exclusively uh, Aquaman's corner of things. Um, Cyborg is great. He's, there's, you know, there's a lot more they could do with him. And I I suppose I could say that of all the characters, but he's, he's a standout character in this film. He's a hard character to get right. Lord knows they've tried to do so many Cyborg series in comic book form that have, fucking sucked and ever since they i mean cyborg was brought into the justice league proper as nothing but affirmative action on the part of uh dc when they had the new 52 rebranding they wanted to have a prominent black character in the justice league and so they plucked him from the teen titans wrote him out of that continuity in a way that's been kind of un that uh, that 
unwriting has been unwritten now. So he's, you know, he has been a Titan, I guess. They're they're in the middle of a of major event now. And it's actually quite good. But, you know, he was the guy they went with. They wanted to have an established character, not create somebody new, not take a known uh, property and suddenly make them an ethnicity of some kind. They wanted to have a black person in the Justice League. And so they do. And it's always, it's never felt right. And I don't mean from a nostalgic bullshit white person fanboy stance. I just mean like, He's a character with a very interesting set of powers and he's not been conventionally written in the past to work alongside the Justice League particularly well. And I, I've read these books for many, many years now and I've seen very few instances where they've really done a decent job, no matter who's been writing this book, a decent job of integrating Cyborg into the Justice League in a way that actually felt organic and felt like he was more than just like the Justice League version of Oracle but less interesting. And in this film, he was Cyborg. He was the character that, like, an, a solid presentation of the character that I know and love from Teen Titans books. Except in this version, he was working alongside the Justice League in a way that felt, like, kinetic and charming and, and great. So, that's, you know, fantastic. And... <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, man, I, I want more Cyborg. I think that people are going to come away from this film saying, I didn't know who that guy was because, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, the normals, the non-nerds, um, but I want more of him. And that is, <laughs> that's really exciting for me because Cyborg deserves better and he's always deserved better. And, and, and including him in the Justice League was not a bad idea. But but fuck if it didn't feel it hasn't felt tacked on for literal years now. So yeah, Cyborg Cyborg is rad. I guess <laughs> we already know that Wonder Woman is rad. I still haven't seen the movie, but um she's everything she was in uh, to everyone who I've I've you know spoken with about the film. Um every character gets a number of spotlight opportunities to to show little like, kind of vignettes that feel organic in the in the structure and flow of the film. The movie does ne- never feels broken in terms of pacing and how things are put together in that way. Um, Affleck's Batman is still you know good. Um, he's a solid, fun, interesting, interesting take on Batman that I'm enthused to see more of, and hopefully they'll be able to pull that off. You know, as a standalone thing, I, there's no reason they shouldn't because they've done it well um for the most part (laughs) in the parts that were just him um in two movies now um but then there's flash and flash is funny and fun and a lot of people are going to like him the one issue and this is really i suppose a nitpick of me the, the one issue i have with flash is he's such a he's such a bid to uh to just he's a cheap shot the flash is a cheap shot so in this version he's a younger guy he's a nerd he's extremely socially awkward and what's good about this is this character he's going to connect with a lot of young people who are feeling this way who feel disenfranchised but i i feel like he is just a cheap seat like big bang theory thing he's like this sheldony kind of i mean not he he's a stereotype of a of a socially awkward person and that's frustrating to me because not because that's not who i think the flash character can be i mean that's a perfectly fine fun interesting take on on the flash he's just he's so much he is a lightning rod for 
every conceivable version of that archetype. There's comedy relief throughout the film, but he is the focal point for it. They just needed to turn the dial down just a little bit, just to make him a little bit less of a cheap shot. I just don't like cheap shots, folks. I just, I just don't like cheap shots. Like, you know, you do you get it? Do you like him yet? I just, you don't, you didn't have to try so hard, and and that, that is something that always rubs me the wrong way. And and I know fo- some folks think I'm too negative when I say shit like that. But like I said, he is charming. He has great moments. I think that what they were doing with him was not fully genuine, and it shows. When everyone else is working so well, it's kind of noticeable when you've got this one character that's just not working remotely as well, in my opinion. But on the whole, I mean, this movie, it's shocking how solid it is. I, it really it really is. It's everything it absolutely needed to be. It's genuine. It feels like the DC Universe. It feels like a big world, which is something that Marvel's never done. You know, Marvel never had the balls to establish just an, a world that's already existing. It had to show you the start of everything. It, it had to tell you that, well, there's no such thing as magic. We're going to do a Thor movie, and there's no such thing as magic. It's all actually science. And sure, that's a way to spin it that's interesting, but that was, again, didn't feel genuine. That was something that they were saying because they thought the audience was for some reason going to tune out if they gave them a, you know, an outright fantasy film. And the rest of the world has suffered for it. Whereas with DC, for all the flaws of Suicide Squad, the Enchantress was just a magic lady. She was just using magic. And they didn't need to go into it at all. They were like, hey, we're going to show you some super criminals. We're going to show you some science fiction stuff. And here's a magic lady doing it. And because, hey, it's comic books, you're going to get it. And they were right. One of the greatest conflict in the world at the end of that film, revolving around her powers and, and all that. But it didn't matter. Marvel's attempts at having, like, quote-unquote science in their movies, that's worked a lot worse than that. So here's this world that's big from the start and that's fantastic that's exactly what they needed to do to recover from the numerous fumbles in the dc cinematic universe such as it is so if all that's piqued your interest hey (laughs) i i probably don't need to tell you go see justice league do it so now i'm going to talk some spoilers before i go just want to say there are two post-credit sequences one is very early on a little nice little vignette and the one at the very end is kind of jaw-dropping, do stay through the whole credits. Definitely, I don't know why you would... Is, is getting your parking space early really that mean that much to you? I still see people leave the theater during superhero films, and who are you? Who are you? Don't be that person. You're going to want to check this out. And before I go, I just want to remind you that Nerdy Show and all the shows on the Nerdy Show Network are entirely listener-supported. We rely on you to keep us alive. Head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow and give even a dollar... It gets you early releases of content, a ton of bonus perks, and helps us you know, have a baseline knowing that we're going to be able to, say, reliably reach our next goal or just you know, reliably stay afloat at a certain level. Structure is important, but hey, give more if you can, and we will make it definitely worth your while. Head there and check out all of the perks at patreon.com slash nerdyshow. You can also give a one-time donation at nerdyshow.com slash support or anything you buy on Amazon through our Amazon links, we'll give back to the Nerdy Show Network. You can find the links to use at nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. Just follow through there, through those portals, bookmark those portals, and everything you buy will give back to us. If you don't want to spend any money, but you did like this episode, well, rate and review us on iTunes. 
iTunes is still, you know, the dominant global marketplace for all that. It's a bit of a pain in the ass to, to have an account for and log into if you're not using it already. But we do very much appreciate it. And it's a it's a very it's still a very important tool for people finding podcasts. However, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you about Podchaser, which is a brand new platform for podcast discovery. They're incredible. You can not only rate and review series, but most importantly, you can rate and review specific episodes. You can also leave tags. So it's easy for people to find. If they want to find Justice League reviews, this could be tagged as such, and uh, folks will be able to find it. So head to podchaser.com. I'm going to do a three count, and after that, I'm just going to talk about that a little bit just because it's kind of exciting and fun and maybe some other stuff. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So three, two, one. Here come the spoilers. Wow, I didn't see that coming. I did not see that shit coming. Did you see that shit coming? I mean, Legion of Doom? Fucking Deathstroke? I mean, wow. Deathstroke hanging out with Lex Luthor on a yacht, and it was really well shot, and Deathstroke looked awesome. Man, I didn't love... Le- I-, I could have loved Lex, but it didn't happen. There's room now. There's room for something. Now that this film has, has kind of said, hey, don't even bother watching that shit. Just let's, let's, let's forget it all. We made some mistakes. Let's move forward. Okay. Let's move forward. Is that going to be the next movie? Is the next movie going to be Legion of Doom and then we're going to do Darkseid? I don't know. I hope that this film franchise does not buckle under its own weight uh, and you know bite off more than it can chew. But let's have some fucking fun. I can't wait to have some fun. Um, I can't wait for another Green Lantern movie. I... I want to see the, uh, the the space dudes doing stuff. Man, those parademons coming out of that nuclear tower was amazing. And uh seeing Mara just being being there, that was cool. I thought it was I mean it was a shame that that you know she she just throws out all these like loaded things like she's meeting Arthur for the first time. Oh, you're back. He's like, "Oh yeah, I never felt comfortable here." Like, "Whoa, that's that's loaded. That's a lot." It was it was too bad that everyone else kind of landed so I mean it was fine. It was fine, but uh um, I think they could have easily just had a relationship that was uh of of any kind that was uns unspoken in the movie, and and everyone would have still been you know, thought, well, you know, uh, they're underwater, and uh, I don't understand this, and that's fine because I'll there'll probably be a movie someday, and and cool, whatever. I've already I've already accepted this much. Why can't I? Uh, why do why does this need to be the first time that Aquaman's returned to Atlantis, and why exactly did he do that? I'm not sure. I wish the mother boxes were more like comic book mother boxes but only because i like the i don't I, this whole like assemble three of them and they're different color coded and then this thing happens that's i don't know they're just they're they're MacGuffins and that's fine but it's a little too much like marvel's avengers e MacGuffins. I, I think i think it could have been they could have had a little bit more structure there but really you know like i said it, it has it had simplicity where it needed to have simplicity in order to tell a story in the most streamlined way where the focus was the characters. So at the end of the day, this is all just bullshit nitpicks. Um, and uh, in in many ways, this will all probably get stronger as it goes on if they don't bite off more than they could chew. We'll see what happens. But I think this movie's going to make a ton of money <laughs> and hopefully send send the right message about what should and shouldn't be done in these films to Warner Brothers because clearly they're the ones who need to, you know, Marvel still needs to learn tiny lessons here and there, like uh, why was Guardians of the Galaxy 2 uh, inundated with so much sequelitis? Like, people love that movie because it was original. Stop feeding them the jokes over again. That's so stupid. But they tend to learn from their mistakes pretty quickly. Warner Brothers doesn't. But, wow, they're really on the right track now. 
and that's all I got to say on it. You want to keep this discussion going? Then please do um, hit us up on the Nerdy Show forums. We have a Discord now. We've had it for a while, but uh, but now we've we've kind of made it more public. You can find the link at nerdyshow.com, or you know, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz. And if you're a Nerdy Show patron, if you're supporting us at ten dollars or more, then uh, yeah, let's have a rousing discussion in the Nerdy Show Lounge as you folks see this film in the coming week, weeks, days, whatever. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. I'm
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 